Hey friends, it's Abigail Avisi. Welcome back to Judgment Free Zone. We need vulnerability and empathy now more than ever. I hope you are able to find room for more curiosity, self-compassion, and empathy for yourself and others while you're here. I show up so you can too. Welcome back, my joyous, curious, creative healing community. I am so excited. I have Andy on today. You want to say hi, Andy? Hi, you guys. So happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited for Andy to be here. We've been talking about this for so long, and I'm so excited. Okay, Andy is my founded and funded sister. One of the best things that I got out of there is Andy and our community. Like we have this like tight little knit of girls and we're just, we're just all awesome. Like it's great. <laughs> but we met at that retreat I went to in November um, called Found and Funded. It's all the Susie School method. If you don't know who those people are, um, it was great content that we're still going through, honestly, like so much. Um, but I'm not kidding guys. Andy is just awesome. So she I, I, there are so many great things I could say about you, Andy. I mean, you're a natural born leader. You're confident and courageous and generous and giving, like so giving. Like I had um, a speaking event that I got asked to do and Andy sent me this package of confetti and chocolates and it was just the sweetest thing. And I just like adore her. She's bold. And those are just all like a few things about you. You're just like phenomenal. So Gosh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're great. And on top of that, she is my transformational coach. So uh just getting to meet her, like, you know, I didn't know her obviously or what she does, and like getting to know her, she has like really helped me walk through so many things in my own business and just like really helped get me where I am today. Like, really, like you have so much to say on the on like for my own business, being on the outskirts and like getting to watch it and look in through the window. Like you have so much that you have helped me with. So I just like, am so appreciative. Like the knowledge that you have and what you do, like my brain just like does not work like that. And like, I'm so thankful. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's, I feel like I say this frequently to people whenever they say things like that, but it's, it is truly my honor to be a witness to the growth that you've had and the journey that you're on. Um, and it's my joy. I mean, it really like being able to watch you walk in your passion and be successful at it. I mean, it just brings me to life. So it's, my, it's truly my honor. No, thank you. And I mean, I can totally relate to that feeling. I think once we do get into like, that's the beauty of like, when you say transformational coach, like I can totally resonate. Cause like, that's how I feel when I see, you know, us break down those walls of shame and break down those, you know, boundaries that were, that we didn't have in place and the freedom that boundaries give us when we actually start doing them, like all of those things. So like, I can totally relate to you when you say like you doing those things for me, when I do those for others, like, it's just so inspiring. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So thank you. So that's a little bit about Andy. So what I do, Andy, is I ask all my guests to tell me their gifts so we can see clearly some of them, but I want to hear from you on what you think the gift of Andy is. Yeah. So I'm actually building my business around what my gift is. And I, I call it my superpower, which is I see your potential. I see 
what's the best in you. And then I help you to see it in yourself and believe it for yourself so that you'll actually go after your passions and your dreams and build the life that you want. So freaking good. I I literally can't stop smiling. I'm just like so excited. Like, <laughs> Well, the beauty of that is that I'm actually like, I, I'm not just like telling other people to do it and hoping that they do it. Like I'm actually practicing what I preach. I have like other people have seen my potential that have allowed me to believe it for myself. And now I'm going after my dream. So it's, it's a both and for sure. Oh my gosh. Right. Like that's, it's true. Like just, and again, like being your friend too, like getting to watch you and watch you do, like you practice what you preach. Like you truly are living it out and doing it. And that encourages me as you being my coach too. Like it helps me get into that mindset and do it and see that you're doing it and hearing the struggles you are. But that's the great thing about like vulnerability is being able to be in that together is just so beautiful. And I appreciate you so much. Yeah. You know, the, the best mentors I ever have, have been people who have emulated the lessons that they taught me. Um, And so I think that who, who I am today as you know, I'll use the term leader, who I am as a leader, um, is, is because of the people who came before me and were that for me. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much. Okay. So next I want you to tell us a little bit more about who Andy is and just tell us kind of what we're going to be talking about today. I'll let you take the reins here. Okay. (laughs) So um, a little bit about me. I have naturally curly hair, but I hate wearing it that way. So that's just a fun fact. (laughs) It's true. She sent us, we have like a group chat yesterday and she sent us a picture. She usually wears her, I know it's a little wavy today, which is gorgeous. I mean, anything Andy does is just amazing. By the way, side note, um, she'll like post all of her cute outfits and I'm like not one to have cute outfits. Like I'm wearing yoga pants and a t-shirt right now. Like that's me at my highest level, usually (laughs) that's my like highest potential. I'm like, yes, let's be comfortable. But Andy has the cutest clothes and she'll post them on her Insta, which we'll share later, um, her Instagram handle, but she like, will literally post all of her cute outfits. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so (laughs) cute and adorable. Thank you so much. You know, um, finding my style like I went through, I went through my own transformation whenever I finally was able to identify, like, this is my style, not just for like the clothes that I wear, but how I do my hair, how I do my makeup. It it like brought me to life. It gave me this, um, this like outward expression of who I knew that I was inside. And it really helped me to step into the confidence and the boldness that I try to embody today. Yeah. That red lip girl, when you wear it, on point. Yes. Anyway, so that was a way big tangent that I went on, but her, she has really naturally curly hair and it's gorgeous. And she usually wears it straight. And so like seeing like literally guys like locks, like curly Q locks on this girl. And if you're watching it on YouTube, like obviously you can see her right now, people who are listening on the podcast can't hear or see her, but really like, you're going to have to post a picture once I release this. So people can see how curly your hair was. Yes. Maybe yes, I'll do a, what, a story we'll series do. on it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so continue to share with us about you. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that I ended up bringing up the fashion piece, the style piece, because really for probably the better part of the last decade, I have spent my time exploring that element of who am I? What do I actually like? What do I do that I don't like? And how can I bring in the elements of what I do like to that? And so I, you know, I tell people I'm a multi-passionate person, but being multi-passionate, exploring, adventuring through all of those things has led me to become who I am today and have this ability to help other people honestly do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Getting awesome. to know yourself is the, is absolutely the first step towards, healing towards recovery, towards growth. If you don't know yourself, how can you know where you want to go next? Agreed. Absolutely. And knowing yourself can be, I mean, that's a whole, obviously a lot of what I do and yeah. a whole other topic, <laughs> but it's yeah. so true. If we don't know really, you know, the things that we're thinking and feeling and what our body's reactions to things are, it can, you know, really like lead us down different paths that really weren't meant for us. Right being able to step into that space. So with stepping into that space, being able, what are the topic we're going to be chatting about is, uh, language verbiage. Um, and, and tying that into some tools that can help you also to figure out how to use language to benefit knowing yourself and growth. Yes. So I wrote actually, um, Brene Brown, love her. Yeah. She's just amazing. And the queen of language, honestly, come on, like so good. But um, from her new book, um, Atlas of the Heart, she put language matters. It's the raw material of story. It changes how we feel about ourselves and others. It's the portal to connection. Reading that one thing from her, she's just like, she's amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we could literally how many people could just sit and talk about how amazing Brene Brown is? Cause she's, I literally, again, side note. And I, the best compliment I've ever been given was a couple weeks ago. And it was from, um, my best friend's mom. She was like, does Abigail know who Brene Brown is? Which like, of <laughs> course I'm like, duh. <laughs> yes. I know who Brene Brown is. And she was, she described me like Brene Brown. She said that she reminded me of Brene Brown. And I was like, oh, that is quite a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I know when she told me that I was in tears. I was like, no, you did not. She like sent me this whole thing that was so sweet anyway. So she's, I will die because I will meet her someday. It will happen. Yeah. But yes. So language is so important. Yes. So you know, um, I learned this lesson early on in my twenties, actually, I guess I wasn't even quite 20 yet. When I met my now husband, it's one of the first lessons he ever taught me. And he, he uses the term and he'll say definition of terms. If you can't agree on a baseline definition for what a word means, then you're actually, even if you're arguing or agreeing, you might be saying two different things, having an agreed upon term or language or verbiage for something is just vital to being able to not just communicate with other people, but even within yourself. Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, I've actually been talking a lot about language lately and some of my other podcasts too. I, we had talked about it. Like we, I had, um, say what podcast on with Hannah and she talks, we talked a lot about purity culture and just, you know, the, 
the words of people will use body parts for cookie as their vagina when you know and it's like no like you need to use those terms because it can be important if something even you know unfortunately happens for someone and they're at a case and courts won't look at it if they if kids say cookie and not the real term I know that detail yeah they won't because because it's not they don't understand like a kid could come in and say like oh that kid took my cookie or like touched my cookie and they won't know and it's that importance or you know my daughter lately too um one of them she has been using the word um awkward for things (laughs) like really it's it's interesting to me (laughs) because it'll you know we'll be what we've been watching the lord of the rings series and um you know the orcs have you seen lord of the rings it's been a while but yeah, yeah but you know just how weird and stuff the uh-huh. orcs look like right it's weird <laughs> that would be kind of you know what i mean or like yeah you know they're they're not awkward it's they look gross or they look slimy or that freaks me out how they look not they look awkward yeah <laughs> And so I think it's just funny, like, and again, we keep telling her like, oh, it's not awkward or she'll say things. This is all the same kid. And she totally got it from me. (laughs) She's my mini me. I actually do have a hard time articulating sometimes, or I feel like I do. And so, and because I think words are so important, you know, in my arguments or things, disagreements with my own husband, I will I, I'll get so frustrated because I'm like, I'm just trying to talk to you. But I feel like my daughter is just, she's my little mini me. And she'll say things like that. She'll say, um, can we stay up early tonight? But really she's saying, can we stay up late? Oh yeah. Yes. But all of those things like matter. You know what I mean? I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> what do yeah, you I have this, say? I have this like clip in my mind from friends where they flash back to Rachel and Monica when they were like in high school and Monica talks about how she's going to give someone her flower and Rachel's like don't call it that yes <laughs> that, that's what comes to mind no it's so true I mean there's so even my kids too I mean everything I have conversations with children all day long this is like the best thing ever for me doing a podcast because I get to have adult conversations yes I just enjoy it but you know even my kids you know when they get in the car like most parents we go how was your day at school and yeah. it's good fine so in our house we're not allowed to use four letter words it has to be more than that so they can actually feel even when we describe our uh, feelings that. in our house like I'll say because they'll say fine and I'll be like fine isn't a feeling <laughs> that's gonna be like the thing when my kids get older and they're like what's that one thing that your parent did that they hated my mom yeah. wouldn't let me say fine will <laughs> 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 <It'll> be mine <laughs> good but yeah it's because I don't know how it is when you say fine right. or good like what was fine or good about it like explain yes. to me use language to tell yes. me about your day well and I think this is why talk therapy is still relevant to this day is because at least for me from my experience going to talk therapy was another element of where I learned the language to properly describe what happened to me and what it was like was, it was almost like, oh, I finally understand this, like, you know, base level of what I've been experiencing to the point where now I can dig back into my memories and think about 
this experience that I didn't have the words to describe and this experience that I didn't even know other people felt like, like, Mm -hmm. have you ever experienced that where someone's like explaining something that happened or that they do regularly? And then you have that moment where you're like, Oh, I do that too. I had no idea that other people did that. And it's like a sense of connection to that person too. It creates connection between the portal yourself and other people. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. We can relate and be able to understand what somebody else is going through when we have language. It creates room for empathy completely, yes. you know, to be able to do that. And it's just, it's so important. I mean, that's why, you know, I want to talk to people and have those so that we can learn how to communicate better and efficiently with one another and to be able yes. to create room for us to have that connection and to understand each other. Because when we're able to go to therapy and learn more about ourselves and have that, those words for ourselves, we're then able to realize this shit is mine. Yes. And if somebody's going through something and their language, like that's not mine, that's theirs. And then we're able to see through different eyes of being able to connect with one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, one reason why in my coaching, in my programs, all of the things that I offer, one of the most important exercises that I take people through is identifying their personal core values. So not like if they're building a business, if they're doing other things, like you can, you can utilize elements of values in those places, but knowing your own personal values really helps you to go through those experiences and say, check in with yourself and say, is this really how I wanted to behave? Absolutely. And if not, how can I adjust it? And so it gives you also those personal words to be able to say, this is who I am. So for instance, whenever you were explaining, like talking about how you know me and who you know me to be, it was really cool for me to hear you say those things. Cause I wasn't expecting that. And the first thought that came to mind was those align with the values that I hold. And it gives me a good chance to say, oh, like I'm actually behaving exactly how I intend to, and it's coming across how I want it to. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. And it's, it, it really does show like you being a transformational coach and me working in shame resiliency and seeing how much that language is important, because that's the first thing I go over with my, my people that I'm mentoring do is we immediately figure out your core values because it gives such a strong structure on how to continue and help them be aligned with themselves, whether it's their business or their family and all of that. Like, it's such a huge thing. It's the same reason we go. I mean, we, I don't know, know a lot about other cultures. And again, this is just my own opinion on the, our culture in the United States, but I think it's a great reason why we love labels. Yes. Because it brings connection. Like we're able to say like, you know, I have this, this, and this. And if I don't have a label, then like, well, where am I? Where do I get that connection then? Well, and this, I mean, man, like, you know, the first thought that comes to mind is like behavioral labels, because I think that those sometimes get misconstrued, right. Or mental health labels, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you from like a physical, physiological, like how my body acts, I have a lot of chronic health issues And when I don't have answers, I also don't typically have many solutions to choose from. And so I think a lot of times there's a good side and a bad side to having the labels. It can sometimes we can use them as a crutch or we can use them as a tool to help us be catapulted forward into health. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. When we're able to have that, those words, they're able to almost be like breadcrumbs to figure out what needs to be next. Oh, I love that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. And a great thing too, that you personally have actually, again, what doesn't Andy help me with in my own business, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but the Enneagram, Mm. right. It's such a great way to figure out language. And I I mean, I'm going to let you kind of talk more about that because I still really am learning about it. So tell me a little bit about the Enneagram for people who have no idea what that is. Okay. So first I want to say, before I dive too deep into the Enneagram, I want to talk about the fact that the Enneagram is a personality assessment. And so if you're hearing this and you're the first thought is like, oh, I don't like the Enneagram. I'm just going to skip over it. Like stick around this point will help you. I hope so being that it's a personality assessment, there are many other assessments out there. I actually also really consider like astrology to be very closely aligned with personality assessments. So if there's one that you prefer over the Enneagram, please utilize that. I really love the Myers-Briggs too. I'm just more trained in the Enneagram than I am the other. What is your Myers-Briggs by the way? I'm an ENFJ. Oh, ENFJ. What are you? I'm assuming you have a P at least. ENF I'm writing it down. I'm an ENFP. So we're okay. like pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Our conversation right before this, where we were talking about like that, I like outlines and structure and you like to like, kind of go with the flow. I was like, no, she's like, I'm very hardcore P or J you're very hardcore P. So we're like perfect together. Yes. We complement each other. Yes. well. Yes. yes. Okay. So the Enneagram. It's a personality assessment that can be utilized for deeper understanding of the self and the world around you. Um, Understanding your type can really assist personal and professional growth. So I typically encourage people. So first off, let me back up. So the Enneagram, there's a lot of history to it. It is claimed to be an ancient tool. I don't really haven't like landed on my own opinion of like where it really came from. Cause honestly, I care more about the tool that it is than its history. Um, but there are nine types and they all have elements to them that describe a personality. Truly, it comes down to your core fears and your core motivations. So this isn't about necessarily what you're doing, but how you're doing it. So for instance, Abigail and I could do the exact same thing but we would be doing it for different reasons. So let me give you an example. So I'm a type three on the Enneagram. There are labels with these. The labels are just added to help people remember what they are. They aren't necessarily given to determine anything about you. So mine, my label is called the achiever. So uh, type three, they're very success oriented. They're very image, image conscious, um, but their basic fears of being worthless. It's of being a failure. And I can tell you that is hundred percent true for me. Um, the way that I cope with this is like, it's outward achievement. I, I like to do things to make sure that I'm looking like I'm achieving. Honestly, my personal style is tied into this as well. If I look like I'm dressed well, then maybe people will perceive me as being successful. Mm. Um, I have worked through that part to make sure that my motivation and that it um, aligns with my values so that it doesn't trip me up though. Mm -hmm. Um, so the value though, is to feel admired, to feel valuable to people. So, um, you can also use it. So I just, your seven, 
You're the enthusiast. I, it's so funny because I tend to be very drawn to sevens. Um, my oldest brother is a seven. Some of my favorite memories of us together are whenever he was leaning into his seven hardcore, (laughs) but we all have things that can trip us up. So, um, for me, for my type, I mentioned that like, sometimes I, I want that outward achievement, but there in the past, especially during the season of growth for me, I pushed myself frequently beyond the point of being capable of anything just so that I could make that achievement. Learning this language helped me to say, okay, I recognize that I am worth something without a medal, without a title, without anything attached to it. I have value and I have worth. Mm-hmm just that like one single lesson transformed my life. And that's why I love the Enneagram. It gave me the language to be able to say, oh, that's why I was doing that. And here's how I can put together a plan to hopefully do it less. So I don't burn out and don't get horribly depressed again. Yeah. And so the Enneagram for me, my therapist a few years ago asked me to take the test. And I mean, you know, I've struggled with the Enneagram, like understanding it. And there are things about the seven I don't like it was hard for me to figure out, um, like the weakness part. It's, it's been a weird journey, me figuring out that I really am a seven, Yeah. but it's really funny because when I took it in therapy years ago, I was a one. And what I've, at least what I feel like I've heard from you and understood from you is that a seven goes into a one when they're at their lowest. And so it makes sense why a few years ago in therapy, I took it and got a one was because I was in, I was in my shit. Yes. (laughs) I was in it. Um, the Myers-Briggs is a little bit better about explaining this. So I'm going to like borrow it from them to talk about why this happens. So your state of mind, whenever you take an assessment like that, and it gives you a result where you are, the mindset that you're in, when you take it all have an effect on the outcome. And the Enneagram, the thing that the Enneagram does really well is that they tell you typically your percentages. So like maybe you'd be really high in both a seven and a one, but you read the one and you're like, oh, I'm in stress. This must be which one I'm at, but you actually were a seven. It's because we all have, we all have the ability to encompass all the numbers, but we tend to have places that we prefer or that we more naturally go to when we're in one setting over another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like Abigail says, she goes to a one in stress. So that's what she looks like. I go to a nine in stress. And so for a long time, whenever, every time I would take an assessment, I would come up as a three, six and a nine. Those are all three of the numbers that I go to. Right. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to te- like assess that way. Um, but it does show the importance of like, just simply learning before you assign yourself a type, just go read all of the top ones that, and then seeing like what resonated with you about this number, what resonated with you about this number. But for the, me, you know, stepping in a little bit more and understanding the Enneagram, like I can see yeah. how that language has helped me too. And yeah. I, like even with communicating with you, like understanding, like as the way that you, your brain kind of like thinks about things. And I would, again, I'm not 
putting words in your mouth, tell, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I would assume you kind of do the same thing with me is we know how each other kind of thinks. So mm-hmm. it has helped me learn how to communicate more efficiently with you about the things yes. that I'm trying to get done or the things that I want to accomplish because I can understand where you're coming from. And my husband, yes. my husband is a one. <laughs> <laughs> So that honestly has helped me too, is that it's helped me create language and have more empathy for him because he like lives in one and I go to a, you know, a harder place when I'm in a one. And so I've been able to give him more, like it's helped our communication because I can understand where his brain is working and that I, you know, me as a seven, I'm his high. So like, when I'm at my best. So it's just interesting being able to see those things in play constantly in my own life. And especially with my husband, it really has helped my language with him and understanding him. So it can be a really great tool and gift. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, it completely transformed our marriage. Whenever my husband figured out what his was, you can look at like what makes you compatible and what makes you argue, just being able to unlock that element of like, where do we rub up against each other? And where do we complement each other was massive for our marriage as well. And it was all because we had the language to finally understand each other and understand ourselves. Do you know, like, is there a point where you can start? Cause at least what I feel like I've heard as well about the Enneagram is they say that it, your Enneagram doesn't change. Right. So like, whereas Myers-Briggs, it can change. So the thing about the Myers-Briggs is that you're not technically changing your letters. What you're doing is you're adapting so that you can come more towards the center. So for instance, whenever I was in college, I was a heavy, heavy E, which stands for extrovert where like I almost was never alone, which I feel like is also part of the college experience, right? You're tip- especially if you live in the dorm, you are never not alone. Um, but as I've been married to an introvert and as the years have gone on and I've developed and I've worked on myself, I have come very, very close to being in the center. So now I can lean towards the introversion if I need to, or if I want to. And so I don't lean so hard into the extroversion where I have to be around people all the time. I'm, I'm very happy regardless. Right. Right. Okay. So it's about developing yourself so that you can, it's almost like borrowing the tools from the other letter. So for instance, we talked about the J and the P that's the judging and perceiving. So judges tend to really like structure. We tend to like to develop plans. Perceivers are really good at like having an idea and just jumping in or being really high level visionaries after working years with a very heavy P and probably vice versa, her working with me, we've been able to complement each other so well that now I am able to actually cast visions, capture visions, and then turn them into plans. So I can borrow from both. Well, with that, I was kind of like curious, like, is there a point where you can get your kids to take the, the sure. Enneagram? Yeah. So I tend to encourage people to be careful about typing children too early because as we're developing into adulthood, we encompass all of the types. I think it's an element of exploration, right? As kids, we are constantly exploring and adventuring through things. And so if you do choose to do it with your child, be sure to teach them about it first and remind them that for their sake, they are still developing and may not find the one that they always are going to be. So it might be a better instead of typing them to just simply help them to learn about them all so that they have 
this whole library of language to pull from. Yeah, no, I like that because I think something too, just to like side note, even the love languages, I think, oh, lot yeah. of, you know what I mean? I think a lot of people will say that these are my love languages, but those mm-hmm. do change. There are seasons mm-hmm. that I am going to need more acts of service than quality time, you know, on my yeah. list. And I think again, like as you're learning all this stuff, because we like labels, because we want to give language to things, we will put ourselves in these boxes right? so that we can stay there, but they don't fit us just like boundaries. I know I'm getting off on a whole thing. Boundaries (laughs) change too. But (laughs) with that, you know, the love languages, like my kids, they're all different and they all need different things. And I want to be able to give that to them. So I like to be able to have those tools to give language. And so that's why I was curious about the Enneagram, but just for those parents out there to remember too, that yes. love languages change for our fam- for our spouses too, and friends. Yeah. So, and that yes. the goal, the goal is really development. Our goal is growth. Exactly. Connection. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. Being able yeah. to be there and show up for each other right. and the way that, you know, giving that empathy to be able to be there and show up for what others need. Right. And to show up for ourselves first. Yes. Yes. Show up for, so our, for ourselves first, understand ourselves, transform yeah. ourselves, get Andy's help. If you're needing transformation <laughs> through yourself, if you're fighting shame, come to me. We got you. Yes. <laughs> we got you covered, but Andy, thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, I would just love to tell you guys that my, my big vision for life is for everybody to walk in the dream that they have for their life. And so if you are feeling like, you know, that there's this like tiny little thing inside of you that you just haven't given any time or energy to, and you're not sure how to get to it. That's what I'm here for. That's what I want to encourage you to do is to find yourself so that you can get to that point where you're living in your purpose and your passion. Yes. Oh, I have goosebumps again. So good. Andy, you're just freaking amazing. I love you. I'm so thankful that you came on. You guys will not see, this isn't the last time you will see her. She will be back again. Yes, um, I will. And please tell us where we can find you. Yes. Come find me over at Instagram, um, on Instagram, sorry, at Andy Adams. That's A-N-D-I-A-D. A-M-S. And I'll have a little link for you in the description box. Awesome. My end. website hopefully will be up in a couple months. So maybe next time I'm on, I'll be yes. able to get that as a source. But it'll be your website. Will, you'll have a, cl- a click eventually on your Instagram too for that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And if you're looking to learn more about the Enneagram, if you're looking to grow more, um, a great place to start is by taking an assessment. There's a free one on Truity and then go read about them over on EnneagramInstitute.com. Also Atlas of the Heart is a fantastic book to start with if you are looking for a place to start with language and verbiage. Oh my gosh. So true. So true. And I mean, honestly, just to give a shout out to Brene Brown too, she also has a podcast. So you can go check her out as well. And I'll put a little linky for hers too. So awesome. Thanks again so much, everyone for coming and listening to Andy and I, and Andy again, thank you so much for coming on. I love you, adore you. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.
Thanks friends for listening in. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you'd like to be more involved in our community, hop over to Instagram and find me at Abigail Levisi. Keep showing up. I will too. See you next time.